Welcome to Pursuit of Relentless Podcast. You've got Elena here, and today I'm pumped. I have a local lady who is just doing some good things in Fort McMurray, and I'm super pumped to have her on the show. So let's welcome Diana Noble to the show. Welcome. Hello. Happy to be here. Awesome. So let's let's start with just uh, talking a little bit about your story and how you got into business, what started you on the entrepreneurship journey, all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. I've uh, told this story quite a few times over the years. Um, I like to identify myself as a serial entrepreneur because when people ask me, what do you do for a living? It's a very complicated answer sometimes because I do so many things, but it all began just over 10 years ago. I was working full-time as a senior paralegal at a local law firm, and they had this side business process serving company, which is delivering legal documents for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term process serving. And they decided to essentially pull the plug on that business. And here I was working full time as a paralegal. I was freelancing at the time. And I was also making some extra income every month doing serving on evenings and weekends. And so I asked my office manager, essentially, you know, what if somebody wanted to run the business, but outside of the law firm? And she said, well, if someone wanted to incorporate their own company, they could, but aren't you busy enough already? And I said, nope. (laughs) And so two days later, I had my business license. Four days later, I was incorporated with the help of my office manager. And that was the beginning of Noble Services, Inc. I was actually not a noble at the time, funny enough. And um, my, my partner and I had been together for five or six years at the time. And so I decided to uh, to name it, thinking positively that one day I would become Diana Noble. And uh, and so I named it Noble Services, Inc. All of my businesses have the name Noble in them somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was really the beginning. It, it was it was really by accident that I became an entrepreneur because it's not something that I'd ever thought of like, Hey, one day I'm going to work for myself. I mean, when I was younger, I definitely saw some entrepreneurship tendencies. Now that I look back in hindsight, I was that girl who uh, used to have magic shows at the bottom of her driveway to make money. And one time uh, when we were living in Hawaii, I and, and folks, if you're listening to this at home, any kids listening, do not do this, okay? <laughs> I, I had taken a bunch of products from underneath my parents' kitchen sink. Uh, the main ingredient was turtle wax, and I created this concoction of cleaner, air quotes, cleaner. And, uh, and it worked really well to clean shoes. And I would go door to door. I was maybe eight or nine years old asking people if they would pay me to clean their shoes. So there was always a little bit of this entrepreneur part of me, I guess you could say, growing up. My uh, my father definitely dabbled in different business ventures while I was growing up. He was um, in the military for 34 years, but he was always doing something on the side. You know, he was one of those people that really early on embarked on the eBay trend and would buy things at garage sales and then sell them for, you know, 50% markup on eBay back in the day. And I remember one time he had this gig selling dog food. This was all while he was in the military as well. So I guess, uh, yeah, that's kind of a long winded answer to your question, but it was never something that I really thought that would happen. And, and when the opportunity arose, I just, 
I, there was a lot of reasons why I probably shouldn't have gone into business, but I kind of threw those to the wayside and said, you know what, let's do it and see how it goes. And that was, I would definitely say a, a changing point in my life because that's what catapulted everything that came afterwards. Yeah. That's so cool. Do you think that your dad's military background had an impact on your entrepreneurialism? Maybe a little bit because I, until I moved to Fort McMurray, I had only lived any place for maximum of three years, my whole entire life up until I was 21 when I moved here. So if if I got to live in a place for three years, I was lucky because sometimes, you know, it was like a year and a half and we'd be moving somewhere else. And so I guess that experience really set me up to adapt And it really set me up to be able to handle change. And I would definitely say that that has positively impacted my ability to be an entrepreneur because as economic times change, as situations change, as we've been dealt with a bunch of different things here in Fort McMurray specifically over the last five or six years, I've been able to be a little bit more resilient in that regard because I've, I've had so many different experiences in my life that have set me up for that. Yeah. It builds mental toughness though, when you go through those tough times. And I think that so many people don't know that they're building confidence in those moments of weakness or those moments of tragedy or frustration. And you just learn to adapt or you learn to go, Oh, huh, you learn a lesson, right? Because you're forced to. And that's been a huge trend over this last year in particular during COVID is people have had to pivot or close their doors. And it's been really tragic to watch so many businesses close down, but it's opened up a lot of eyes to go, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. Big time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it has been a challenging past year, but uh, again, a lot of business owners have rose to the occasion and have pivoted and have figured out, okay, well, this isn't going to work now in this market, in this economy, in this world that we're in. So what can I do next to change who I'm targeting or how I'm delivering or whatnot? I mean, you and I right now, we're doing this through Zoom. And I imagine if this was January 2020, we would have been in person doing this at your place with fancy microphones and all that good stuff. Right. But uh, we've had to adapt to that. And funny enough, uh, a year ago, actually in January, I signed the lease to this beautiful office that I have here and it has a conference room. And at the time I had thought, Oh, this is great. I'm going to be able to host workshops for my coaching business in my conference room, or I'll be able to have meetings with my, my realtors for my real estate brokerage in the conference room. And I was so excited about that. And then literally three months later, I mean, that conference room is collecting dust because nobody's been able to really come here and, and experience it. But, uh, you know, what, what do you do? Do you, do you focus on that? Or do you focus on, you know, the opportunities in that, you know, I like to say that everything is an opportunity for learning and growth. And if you can, if you can have that mentality, whenever you're dealing with challenges or change or struggle, then you're going to be better off because you're going to be more able to cope and really look forward instead of um, focusing on the challenge that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that if you take that 
uh, I like to call it the bird's eye view, right? If you're looking down at a situation, sometimes when you're in it, it's so hard to just go, okay, what am I learning right now? Because you're just so in it. So like, for instance, if someone lost their house in the fire, it's really hard to go, oh, this is a blessing. But then five years later, it's okay. Now your house is worth twice as much money, right? Yes, you lost everything, but at the same time, now your house is worth twice as much money and you can actually have a better deal selling it because it's easier to sell a brand new house, you know? So it's looking for those, uh, the diamond in the rough, right? Or looking for the opportunities, like you said, versus just trying to stay in it. So I think that if you can switch your mindset from, oh my goodness, this is awful and everything is going wrong and blah, 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 blah. Like I said, it's hard to get out of that mentality, but um, once you can surpass that and kind of just like step back and go, okay, what am I learning? What can I take from this? Because it's not going to change the situation. All you can do is control the way that your activities towards that are going to produce an outcome. A hundred percent. And a lot of times as business owners, we spend too much time focusing on the things that we cannot change. And that just sucks away our energy from focusing on our future growth. Because if there's something that you can't change, well, that's it. You cannot change it. So spending time and energy and taking that energy away from, you know, what you can do, what you do have the ability to control, what you can change, um, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Focusing on what you can change is so good. (laughs) So good. I'm glad you touched on that because there's, oh man, there's a couple people in my life right now that are like, oh, what was me? And I'm like, Okay, pivot it though. Like, what are you learning? Maybe it's going to help you change your lifestyle if you're not doing well, or maybe you're going to meet someone new who's going to completely change your life. Maybe you're going to like, for instance, I was unable to fly my dog from Vancouver Island back to Fort McMurray. Um, And it was just like this big stressful situation. And I was like, why would you let me fly her down, but not let me fly her back? You know what I mean? And it was just like super frustrating. But then I was like, A, what if the plane I was supposed to get on was going to crash? You never know. What if I wasn't supposed to leave from that airport? What if I was supposed to go and meet someone at a car dealer instead of, you know? So it's like, instead of me sitting there and sitting there going, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I can't fly my dog back. I have to drive. It's going to take me twice as long. I can pivot that to going... I got to stay in a new place. We stayed in Wells Gray Inn, you know, a pretty ghetto little place on the side of the highway, but it was perfect. You got to stay in the mountains. I got to drive. I got to spend 24 hours with my husband. Wow. You know, like how often does that get to happen? Just the two of us in a vehicle on a road trip. Um, And actually the car that we got they upgraded us like here, Lena, you're going to get this free upgrade. And it's something that we're looking at right now is buying a new vehicle. So it's like, okay, well, why all of a sudden, Oh, something shitty happened and we can't fly, but now we got an upgrade to this vehicle. That's exactly what we've been looking for. And now we've got to test drive it for two days. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) It's just pivoting the mindset. 
Yeah. And I am a firm believer that everything does happen for a reason. And you're absolutely right when you say that it's really hard to think of that when you're in the ruts of it all, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Depending on what kind of situation that you're dealing with, but you have a choice. You could either stay there and be in that victim mentality. You could get angry about it and, and resist against it, or you can choose to like I said, focus on what you can change and change your mindset. Because again, there's so many different things happening in the world right now that a lot of people are resisting against and business owners, especially resisting against the economic times, resisting against new measures being brought in with COVID and and whatnot. And yeah, those, those are tough. Absolutely. I'm not trying to downplay any of that. Yes, they are tough things to have to deal with and to have to navigate through. But when we resist against what we cannot change, we are giving away our power. Yeah. Right. Because it takes that much more of our time and energy and our focus to resist than it does to just accept, reflect and move forward. Mm hmm. That's so powerful. I'm writing that down. When we resist, we give away our power. And I think that that's one of the main things that I've learned over my entrepreneurship journey. There's been so many times that I'm in the ruts and I'm down and my business isn't doing that good. And I'm just like, oh, like so frustrated with it. But once I step back and just go, nope, it's actually not as bad as it looks you know, and yes, I may be down right now, but three months from now, this is a huge spike in my business because it's building that foundation and then the money comes or then the business comes or then like the opportunity shows itself. But if you're focused on, oh, woe is me and staying in that victim mentality, for instance, it's impossible to be excited about what's going to happen three months from now. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, for myself, I mean, a lot of people ask me like, well, how do you keep like achieving things and and moving forward with things, especially when times seem like they're tough to everybody else. That's what keeps me going, (laughs) you know, is having something to look forward to keeps me going, having goals and aspirations, uh, things that I want to achieve in my life. You know, when times are tough, that's when I actually give more energy towards those things. Cause I'm like, okay, well, what's going to be my strategy to get the hell out of this funk? Yeah. Right? Cause we all go there, even though I'm saying like, yeah, you don't want to stay in that victim mentality. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not impervious to that. It happens to all of us, right. Where we get down in this funk and we're like, oh man, like, what am I going to do? This sucks. And blah. right. But, but the differentiating factor is, well, how long do you stay there? Yes. I think everybody goes there, but not everybody stays there. So I definitely go there every once in a while. It doesn't last very long, but I go there. And usually when I go there, my strategy to get out of it is, okay, what am I going to work towards next? What can I do next? You know, in those times, you'll either find me booking vacations or you might find me taking on new courses or setting new goals for myself because I have to inject that positivity, that that positive energy into my own life to give myself purpose again, right? Because if if you're in that funk, right, it it's it can be it can take you over. So if you don't deliberately do something to pull yourself out of it, 
then it's going to be that much more detrimental to all aspects of your life. If you're a business owner and you stay there, that that could be the end of your business, right? Because as a business owner, you need to pull yourself out of there. And if you have a team, especially, well, no team wants to work for somebody who's stuck in a rut like that on a permanent scale, right? Um, You have to to be the leader of your team, of your company. You have to inject that positivity to your team as well as to yourself. So I think that's that's incredibly crucial, especially when we're navigating these difficult times. Mm -hmm. I call that being a visionary. And Mm -hmm. my, my affirmation to myself is shine bright, be unique, practice patience, attract abundance, be the world shaker you were meant to be, go get it. And I I can't say that to myself and be like, Oh, this is so hard. No, man. Like be the world shaker. You were meant to be, you're meant to create waves. You are meant to go out and do big things in the world. And when you're telling yourself that every single day, you can't sit there and be like, I can't do this. This is so hard. Well, you can sit there for a minute and go, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But if you have that belief in yourself and that, that vision and that mission for where you're going and you're talking about it with your teams, for instance, like most business owners aren't in business by themselves, right? Like when you own a business, you have to have employees. <laughs> you have to have um, other people that are building it with you typically, Uh, unless you're very, very self-employed, but it's hard to scale a super self-employed business um, because there's no such thing as scaling a self-employed. I don't know. It's, it's a challenge. If you have to do everything yourself, it's like, you can't, you can't buy your life back if it's only you. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you can, like you said, snap out of it and just go, okay, how am I going to get to the next level in my business? How can I make that change to give people that vision to know where we're going. Because if I sit here in this funk forever, then how am I going to paint this beautiful picture of where our team's going and what they're going to achieve? Because if I'm stuck in a funk of, oh man, it's hard to make this money, then they're all going to be sitting there going, oh man, it's hard to make money. Why would I stay here if it's hard to make money? Versus me going, look at all of the money there is to go around. You know, look at how much we can grow this company and how fast we can grow it now that we have virtual uh, meetings and stuff like that, because I'm in the financial services industry. So um, if I sit here and go, oh, my goodness, I can't do in-person meetings, it's going to completely annihilate my business. Nope, wrong. I can pivot, right? Or I can shift it to going, now I can take on so many more meetings because I can be in seven provinces in one day. (laughs) Um, yeah, you got it. Absolutely. It's crazy. And, uh, and you know, um, I have an example of that with my real estate brokerage over the years. You know, finally, things are just starting to to be good in real estate again. Um, I swear, I opened my brokerage and within three months, oil went and oh, yeah. <laughs> that was it. You know, and it was it was five years of struggle. Um, well, not not fully, but I mean, five years of it not being what it was prior to me opening up my brokerage. And I have two agents who've been with me for a very long time. Um, one who has been with me for pretty much since the beginning and one who's been with me for almost five years now. And, uh, and I remember in 2017, you know, 2016 was a little different because the wildfire actually sparked some growth in real estate here in Fort McMurray. Uh But then 2017, things kind of fell flat again. And I remember in October of 2017, I just had my son a couple months before that. And I was kind of thinking to myself like, okay, so 
you know, real estate is falling flat right now. So many people are, you know, underwater with how much they owe. People don't want to list their homes because they can't sell them. People don't want to buy homes because the market keeps going down. So what can we do to differentiate ourselves, to pivot essentially? And uh, and what we ended up doing, I, I remember my husband, he gave me a little bit of heck about this at the time. I, I borrowed $3,000 maybe a little more than that, $3,500 out of our rental account. And, uh, and I bought a 3d camera. Nobody was, nobody was really doing that at that time. This is four years ago now. And, uh, and I said, you know what, we're going to offer 3d tours with each of our listings. So that way it's just an extra thing of value that we can provide to our clients, which will differentiate us from our competition. So I don't know if you've ever heard of like the blue ocean strategy in business. Okay. So there's a strategy called the blue ocean strategy. And what it says is that, most businesses are in a red ocean. So what that means is that they're all competing the same way for the same clients against all of their competitors. So they're all doing the exact same thing. They're all trying to steal each other's business. They're in a red ocean. None of them are really doing anything differently. Uh So blue ocean strategy is when you focus on, okay, well, I'm not going to try to target your customers. I'm not going to do things the way that you're doing things in order to gain um, market share. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do things differently and I'm going to target non-customers. Right. People who maybe wouldn't wouldn't sell or wouldn't buy or whatever the case may be. Now, they say that eventually you end up in a blue ocean. Eventually, you'll be a red ocean because, you know, now you're in a blue ocean and everybody's going to want to do what you're doing. And then it'll become a blue ocean or a red ocean again. But anyways, um, so we kind of, without even knowing it at the time, shifted into this blue ocean where we're like, okay, we're going to do things differently. We're going to provide all of this extra value to our, our sellers. And, and by that, we're going to attract people our way. And, um, and I'm very proud of the accomplishment with the real estate brokerage because it's been six years now. And there was a lot of struggle <laughs> over that period of time, you know, with the market shifting like that and trying to uh, start a new business, get a new business model out there. And thankfully I've had some amazing people that have been part of my team and we've pushed forward throughout the years and uh, always looking to differentiate ourselves, right. Mm-hmm. To stack value to our clients and, and also myself as the leader to stack value to my agents and, and keep them happy. Of course. I think that's why our company's done so well as well, is because we're changing the way that traditional industry does things. It's like traditionally people go to a bank for their financial advice. How crazy is that? Because <laughs> like, why would you walk into a blue bank if the red bank has a better deal? But because you have loyalty to the blue bank, they're going to utilize that against you. And it's like, they don't want you to know that the Red Bank has better deals. They don't want you to know that you could go somewhere else and make better investment returns or save money on your insurance or, you know, all of these things. They're just saying, do this, do this, do this based on what the computer tells them. Right. And I'm like, so our business came in and we were up over 60% in 2020. And a lot of people are like, I can't believe you're sharing that. Like so many businesses went under and I'm like, yeah, but look what we've done. I've helped children. I've targeted going into schools and going, hey, kids, go talk to your parents about this stuff. Ask them these questions, because if it's coming from them and that you go, hey, mom, look what I learned today. 
I learned that I should have this kind of account versus this kind of account. And here's why. And now this 15 or 16 year old kid understands that they don't have to go into debt in order to get this career that they want, or they can understand how these kind of loans work versus, you know, and I'm like, man, just imagine how much of an impact I can have on future generations if I teach their kids instead of focusing on what traditional industry is going for, which is the baby boomers Mm -hmm. or like 40 to 60 year olds. And I'm like, no, I'm targeting 15 to 20 year olds. You're targeting non-customers. Non-customers. That's exactly what you were talking about. Because then guess what? Their parents are going to call me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I've added value and I haven't gone in looking for a sale. I haven't gone in going, I'm going to make all this money. No, I'm helping middle income families get a financial plan for free. Mm-hmm. Like who's doing that? Nobody, like mm-hmm. almost nobody. And now there's companies that are competing with us to do the similar kind of thing. And I'm like, good. There's enough to go around for everyone. You know, it's not like I'm sitting here trying to be cutthroat. It's Hey, if I add value, if I teach you something, send me your friends. That's it. And like, I think word of mouth is the absolute best way to build a business. Like you don't have to have a $50,000 a year marketing budget to run a successful company. It's nuts. I wanted to touch on what you just said about um, being cutthroat. You know, um, some of the industries that I'm in are very cutthroat. Um, by nature that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of like an industry thing okay and uh you know in all honesty i don't really think that that's the way to build a business Mm -hmm. you know yes there's competition absolutely there's competition no matter what kind of a business that you're in no matter what industry that you're in you're not the only one doing what you're doing there's going to be competition no matter what But if you're focused on your competition or, you know, um, tearing them down or all that kind of stuff, well, hey, you know what? That's taking focus away from you building your business when you're focusing on the competition or when you're being cutthroat. You know, I, I very much believe in karma. And, you know, the way that I like to perceive things is, you know, who you see is who you get. There's no ulterior person here. You know, there's no, there's no alternate persona uh, that you see. Like when you and I are talking right now, that's who you get. I'm the same way that I'm going to be with my competition. I'm the same way I'm going to be with my team. I'm the same way that I'm going to be with my staff. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, may, maybe not the exact same way I'd be with my husband. I don't know. That might be a one-off there, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when, when you can just be authentic and be who you are and not worry about the competition, not worrying about being cutthroat, like just be a good person. And when you're a good person, that translates into your business and you're a good business owner and you care about the community and you care about the people that you, um, are working with and that you're dealing with and that you're serving, right? Everybody wants to make money at the end end of the day. Yes. Making money is important, but if that is your number one primary focus, eventually the floor is going to fall out beneath you. Your primary focus should be on serving the people who you are serving in your business. Mm -hmm. 
Because I'll tell you what, if you don't focus on customer service, if you don't focus on um, being a leader to your team and having good people around you that are helping you build your business, eventually you're going to be a solopreneur with no staff, no team, no clients, because nobody's going to want to work with you, right? Exactly. So, so it's incredibly important to really shift your focus. When you shift your focus like that, the money will come. Exactly. Yeah. It's how many people are you helping get what they want? Like Zig mm-hmm. Ziglar says, right? Mm-hmm. The more people that you help get what they want, the more you're going to get what you want. And mm-hmm. service is everything, everything, everything. And I agree that that's why our business is doing so well, because we're not targeting the multimillionaires. I'm not, I don't care. They have a financial advisor. It's the people who are like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? I'm buying a house. What's the first steps? You know what I mean? Then I can go, oh, go talk to Diana. She'll help you through it. I can sell you your mortgage, right? I can help you get your insurance. I can help you do all these things, but it's building a team. It's building a partnership with people in your local community, um, in your country, like depending on what industry people are in. But if you leverage others and still focus on serving the community and you'll stand out, automatically you'll stand out because you're doing it right. Like you're not in it for the money in particular. Yeah. Is it good to make money? Yeah. We have to make money. We have to make money. No business is going to survive if they don't make money. However, uh, like one of my mentors, he owns a supplement company and he's taking out Nike now, you know, like he's going after Nike because he's like, okay, well, how can I get as good as Nike if not better? And they do fitness challenges that they give away a bunch of money. Um, they give free coaching advice. They give away supplements, you know, like there's just so many things that they're doing in their industry that makes them stand out. One of them being a podcast, right? So mm. it's like, I'm not sitting here talking about how to save money because everyone's situation is different. I don't want to sit here and give generic advice. That's not going to work for a bunch of people because everyone's in a different situation, but I know what it looks like to be wealthy. I know what it looks like to be poor because I've been in both scenarios and I wouldn't even call myself super wealthy at this point, but I'm just looking at what habits wealthy people have and what habits poor people have. And it's not necessarily how much cash flow they make. It's how they use their money, right? It's how they're utilizing those resources. And if they're sitting here going, Oh, it'll just keep coming. It'll just keep coming versus someone who's going, no, I need to be strategic with how I'm spending strategic with how I'm saving. Um, They're going to be so much more successful long-term because like I sat with a client just before this interview and it was so cool. He saved a whole pile of money and like his completely different uh, lifestyle now. And he's like, yeah, I just, I started selling all my cars and people thought that I was um, like in need of money, but he's like, no, I just didn't need them. Like, I don't need those flashy things anymore. He's like, I want to go to Ecuador and, you know, like retire in Ecuador. And he's, he's on track to retire next year, which is five years sooner than he thought he was going to be because of a shift in mindset. And it's just so crazy to watch how people are shifting now. And I love it. It's super cool to see that people are going from, oh, I need all of these things to make me happy to no, I actually just want more time with my family or I just want a nicer climate or, you know, it's, 
I think this year has been a big reality check for a lot of people and not even this year, this decade, (laughs) you know, like it's just been so crazy to watch the difference between our parents' generation and our generation. For instance, it went from go to school, get good grades, work in a company till you're 65, retire comfortably, right? In air quotes, um, versus our generation, so much more entrepreneurial, so much more driven by um, purpose, right? Purpose and um, passion. And it's so cool to meet, for instance, all of these millennial generations who are literally, they're not in it for the money. They're like, oh, I'm bored. I'm not making a difference in the world. And I'm like, good. You go do something that makes a difference in the world. And then you've got 13-year-old kids coming out with solutions to solve all of the plastic in the ocean, for instance. And like, it's so cool just to see when you give that education and understand that it's literally at your fingertips. If you go take it, all you have to do is ask Mm -hmm. and you will receive. And that's the thing too, you know, a lot of people, they place limitations on themselves as to what they can achieve. And I'm here as living proof that you don't have to have that education. You don't have to have that, um, really all you have, you don't have to have like a, a really great background, great upbringing or whatnot. I'm not saying that I didn't, but I'm just saying you don't have to have all of that. And you can make a choice today as to what you want to do with your life and how you want to live. It's all about choice, right? Which is actually funny why my coaching company is called Noble Choice Coaching. Um, because everything is a choice, Right. And and the only limitations that you have are the ones that you really place upon yourself. Right. If you had have asked me, you know, 13 years ago when I first moved to Fort McMurray, what I'd be doing right now, I couldn't give you an answer that was even remotely close to what the reality is these days. Like I wouldn't have been able to say, yeah, I'm going to own like four businesses and I'm going to like, you know, live out my high school dream of owning a newspaper one day and all this kind of stuff. Right. Like I'm a journalism dropout and I own my own newspaper for six years, Uh you know, (laughs) like, and, and it was just a matter of when opportunities came my way, I was making a choice to put all of the cautionary um, measures at bay and saying, Hey, you know what, instead of focusing on all the reasons why I can't, I'm going to focus on the ways that I can Uh pursue this. And A lot of clients that I have that come to me, you know, they are at choice as well. Everybody's at choice. And again, the only limitations are the ones you put on yourself. So if there's something that you want to achieve, yeah, you can come up with all of the excuses that you might call reasons of why you cannot do that. Or you can say, hey, you know what? I am in control of my own actions. I'm in control of the energy that I put towards something. And I'm going to make whatever I want happen. You know, there's great power in, in like you were talking about being a visionary and whatnot, like focusing on what it is that you want, figuring out what it is that you want. At the end of the day with business owners, like you said, a lot of times it's not about making money. It's about having freedom. Right. Get into business because, well, first and foremost, people get into business with the wrong thought that they're going to have more freedom (laughs) right away, which is not 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. After you've put in the time and you've built the built your empire or whatnot, um, for sure. But it does take a lot of hard work to get there. But hey, you know what? If you keep at it and you're consistent about it 
and you keep your focus, then eventually you are going to get there. And I truly believe that I have created a life that I absolutely love now. And that is not a cliche. I'm not going to say my life is perfect. It's not perfect. There's no such thing. I still have my struggles. I have a three and a half year old at home. Like I'll tell you how easy it is to run four businesses with a three and a half year old at home, but Hey, you know what? It can be done. Mm -hmm. It's all about the choice that you make to pursue it. Exactly. People use their kids as excuses. Sometimes it's, Oh, I can't do this because my kids are at home or you can use them as a reason. Like you're saying, you can make a reason or you can make an excuse. It's okay. Well, no, my kid needs to learn hard work and discipline. And my kid needs to watch me go, okay, honey, I have this much time with you today. And that time is 100% dedicated to anything that you want, right? I am yours. I'm not sitting there answering my phone. I'm not sending text messages. I'm not checking my emails. I am yours 100%. And that is weird to a lot of people. But it's like, no, I don't work a normal nine to five and it's kind of hard, but it's like most people work a nine to five. So when do they want to do appointments? Not between nine and five, you know, like that's not a thing. They can't. So I work really weird hours and I've had like my parents, for instance, go, oh, well, why don't you just book your appointments during the day? And I'm like, how many families am I leaving behind if I only do appointments when they're at work? So what they have to take a day off work to come and talk to me? That's ridiculous when I work by appointment, right? So it's so much more convenient for me to go, okay, I'm going to work until six o'clock on Saturday and then I'll take Sunday off or I'll work three evenings a week versus six, you know, or I'm going to wait and work super, super, super hard until I have kids, right? And then maybe I'll not work as much, you know, but having that freedom because I have put in five years, you know, of hard work and dedication to the cause. And I can never see myself leaving the career path that I'm in because I get to make an impact because it's creating that positive change that I want to see in the world. And I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to sit there and breathe life into people who don't believe in themselves and just sit here and go, Hey guys, you can do what I did. Cause I did it, you know, and I'm just a normal person. That's and it. That's crazy. It. You're, you're just like everybody else. I'm just like everybody else. It's just about the choices that we make, the choice 100%. that we make to pursue something, the choice that we make with our time every given day. Are you sitting in front of the TV for eight hours? Well, yeah, I actually watch a lot of TV, but I usually have my computer in front of me while I'm watching TV and I'm working away and I'm doing work, you know, because that doesn't provide me any satisfaction, except for when This Is Us is on. Let me tell you, This Is Us and uh, The Good Doctor, like I, I pay attention to those shows, but... <laughs> My point being is that, you know, I'm not sitting there and spending my day doing that and just zoning out, you know, like I'm getting busy, I'm doing stuff, organizing, preparing, planning and, and whatnot. And, but the other thing about it too, is I love it. You know, like, I, I feel like when I used to work for, for other people, you know, it was just like, oh, you know, you're just clocking in the nine to five, Monday to Friday, like, you know, whereas with when you're an entrepreneur, you're absolutely right. Like your, your hours are different. Your life is kind of different, but you do kind of have that freedom as well. So my, my husband and I, we, uh, we just bought a camper. We've been thinking about this for 10 years or so, you know, 
at one point in time, we used to go camping on the ground, like in tents and, you know, somewhere in the mid twenties that became really old or rather our backs became really old. We couldn't do it anymore. So we've been talking about this for a long time. We finally just did it. Well, next week is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're going camping. I'm going to do that again. Two weeks later, two weeks after that, I'm going to go for three weeks. Like, you know, being an entrepreneur allows you to have that flexibility. So yes, where you might have times where you're like, go, 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 go. I got to do all these meetings. I got to do all these appointments. I got to get myself organized. It allows you to then have that freedom later on to be like, okay, well now I can sit back and I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I can have that time with my family that, you know, focus time with my family or go traveling, do whatever you want. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so important. I just, <laughs> I got a little bit of flack for it, but um, my family was like, you need to take more time off. And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> like, sorry, but I don't want to, like, I love what I do. And if I can work part-time during the summer and just run three to five appointments a day, that's, you're probably still sleeping when I'm still doing half of my appointments. You know what I mean? And it's like, why would I stop doing what I love to do and making a difference in the world and helping other people and stopping my income stream from coming in because you want me to sleep in. I don't want to sleep in. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just took four days off. Not really. I actually only took two days off, but I worked in the morning till 11. And then I literally turned my phone off until Monday. So I took all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday off, no cell phone, no one could contact me. I was in the middle of nowhere. And that is my family time. That is my family time. And I built relationships with my sister-in-law. I built relationships with my niece and nephew. I built relationships with their friends. You know what I mean? And it's so cool to just go, I'm in control. I'm in control. I get to figure out when I take time off, but guess what? In the last five years, have I taken four days off in a row and completely disconnected? Nope. Sure. Haven't. And, and, and that's really important too, because uh, a lot of, I get the same kind of feedback sometimes it's like, well, don't work so hard. Don't push yourself so hard. But what people don't realize is I, when you love when you're, what you're doing, like, why would I want to stop that? Yeah. I'm not overworking myself to the point where I'm miserable or where like, I'm, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to, sometimes that, that is a requirement depending on what's going on. Right. Like sometimes you have to pull up your sleeves and you have to get in there and you got to do what you got to do. But those are the sometimes, right. That's not all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of the time, the, all the time, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and it's like, Oh, well, why don't you just go on vacation? Why don't you just like, you know, just take it, take a, you know, breather. Don't worry about any of this stuff. Well, I enjoy worrying about those things or I'm not worrying, but I enjoy dealing with these things. Like it gives me value and purpose in my life. And so why would I stop doing that? (laughs) Right. So I, I guess the point of the matter is, is that if you love what you're doing, if you enjoy what you're doing, if you're able to have a balanced life, whatever that looks like for you, balance is different to everybody. Yeah if you're able to have that balanced life, like, isn't that all that we can strive to have is, you know, a life where we, where we're able to take care of all that we're doing. We're not feeling like we're dropping the ball in any, in any way, in any aspect of our life. And, and we're actually happy, right? Like if all that matters, yeah, you know, all that matters. uh, I'm in a worse mood if I'm not working (laughs) because I, I, I stress out about the fact that I'm not helping anyone that day, or I stress out about the fact that, I'm like, 
not doing what I said I was going to do, right? This is my mission. This is what I'm striving for. These are my goals. And am I working towards my goals today? You know, so if I'm not, then I'm not going to be as happy versus if I just go, okay, I'm going to work for two hours today and then take the rest of the day off. But I'm actually in a better mood once I am out of my meetings, because it makes me feel so good to go in and help people. And it's just crazy. Like I'll be in a bad mood and then I'll do an appointment and I'm like on top of the world. It's just crazy to me, but it's like, yeah, no, I found what I'm passionate about. I found what I love to do and that's building people and that's helping people dream again and just like giving them an opportunity to think a little bit bigger and just go, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, I I can totally relate to that because every single coaching session that I have with my business clients, the exact same thing. I leave those sessions just feeling on top of the world. Like I've made a difference. I've positively impacted another human being. Mm -hmm. And that gives, you know, that fills my bucket. Yeah. Right. So when, when you're able to find that thing that you, that is your calling really at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like work. And it's so great to be in a position where you get paid for making a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. As it makes a difference in our lives too, right? Yeah. Well, just think of the people who don't love what they do and they literally just go to work because they have to. And I'm like, oh, you poor thing. You know, I'm like, oh, that sucks. I wish you loved what you did as much as, you know, other people. But then you see people who are in positions and like I was talking to one of my friends and she's like, yeah, I'm a care aid. Um, but I went in today and I figured out what this dementia patient loved And it was literally, she gave him a baby, like a, like a baby doll. And he was like, so on top of the world because he remembers what it was like to be a dad. Right. And he's just a natural nurturer. So if the guy's freaking out, you literally hand him the baby and he calms down instantly. And I'm like, you just saved that guy's life. You just made your people's like your coworkers life so much easier because if he's being erratic and just like crazy, And all you have to do is hand him a baby and he's happy again. Like, imagine if you could do that for someone else, right? You just made a difference for that person. You made him calm. You made him feel good. And all you had to do was do what naturally comes to you. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want to do that all the time? You know? Exactly. It's crazy. Anyways, we are out of time today. I wish we could go for like two more hours, but I want people to get access to you. Um, and your coaching and all that good stuff. So where can people find you? Yeah. So uh, all of my, my two main businesses are on Facebook and uh, websites as well. So uh, Noble Choice Coaching, Seller Direct, Northern Homes Realty. Um, you can find, look up both of those on Facebook and you'll find them. As far as websites, www.noblechoicecoaching.com and www.sellerdirectnorthernhomesrealty.com. <laughs> Pretty simple. like to keep it that way. Um, my cell phone number, if anybody's looking to reach out, you know, I, I live for what I do in terms of the business coaching. Uh, so my cell phone number is 780-880-7807, or you can email me at info at noblechoicecoaching.com. And, uh, I welcome the opportunity to collaborate with any business owners. I'm so grateful, um, for our time here today. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show because I love this. I just love this, right? Like I'm going to leave this. I'm going to be like, 
pumped up for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's so much fun. And I love, I love learning from other people and I love how like-minded we are. And I find that mm-hmm. about a lot of entrepreneurs. It's like, okay, yeah, we're all on the same mission. And that mission is serving other people. That's it. Hands down. It. It's just making a difference in the world and banding together and literally just going, okay, how can I serve today? That's yeah. it. So yeah, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for sharing your contact info. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, That's it for today, guys. This has been Pursuit of Relentless Podcast and I am out. Gotta think about it. Gotta dream about it.